0: Good morning, everyone. I'm just going to move this. Has not been an easy week. Um, As praying and in the midst of our week and trying to understand, um, as Leanne mentioned, we lead the Lisbon Project, and we support refugees and migrants throughout uh, the week here in this building. Thank you, Tosin. and so just seeing as things unravel and understanding the repercussions of what, what this all means in terms of people fleeing their homes. Portugal is one of the first countries to say that we will open our doors um, for Ukrainian citizens to come and be here. And so it has been a week of just really praying. First of all, before we get into meetings and discussions of just praying, God, what do you want from us? What can we do? god if if you want us to be a place of hope, if you want us to be a place that that supports that embraces then how god tell us how to do it and so we are gonna um hopefully keep updating you of how the lisbon project will play a role in this and and never forgetting that um just recently we had a crisis in afghanistan where a lot of refugees also came to portugal and so never forgetting that this is not just a european a european problem but there are people all over the world suffering in pain and may we never forget them and may we always pray God what can I do how can I love how can I renew hope amen Amen. well um, as you know and as you saw uh, my dear daughter has this fascination for her godmother Jamil and so wherever Jamil is on Sunday mornings we have to strategically um, be in different places if both of us are serving so that she doesn't see Jamil because the moment she sets her eyes on her there is no separating her from Jamil um, but as many of you know, Reuben and I have two daughters, um, Jade, who is two and a half. She, uh, denies being two and a half. She gets very angry when I say she's two and a half. She says, no, mommy, I'm two. And I've been trying to explain that two and a half is bigger, but, um, so far, no, she's two and Sky is seven months. And so for those of you who are parents of young children or those of you who have passed through this phase before, then you will know. And you will identify with everything that we are living right now. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It is absolutely exhausting (laughs) to parent and work and do all of it at the same time. But it is so, so very fulfilling to see two little humans that look like us and have mannerisms like us as they grow and we see with the coming of each day and the passing of each season we see how their personalities start to come out and come to life and we see as they start to interact with one another and and, and interact with the world around them a world that is so much more complex than they understand a world that is so, so absolutely beautiful and yet so filled with difficulty and with pain at the same time. And I was thinking about this message and everything that is going on in the world this week and God brought me to a very clear, vivid image of our bedtime routine with Jade. And uh, it takes us about... An hour and a half to put both of our girls, if we're lucky, to put both of our girls in bed with everything that that involves, bath time and drying their hair and their girls, so... Um, there's that <laughs> and 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 just making sure that they're fed and all of that and so Sky usually uh, goes to sleep first and then eventually it's Jade and Ruben and I we love spending this quality time with Jade just with her while her sister's asleep and we put on her PJs together and we talk about her day and whatever happened and on Friday um, as she was laying in bed I said "Jade, let's pray and we held hands and I said we have to pray And in the most simple way that I could put it, two days into this crisis and two days into watching the horror of parents having to say goodbye to their children, two days into this heartache, said, J.D., we have to pray because there are meninos. Now, we're a bilingual family, so this is how it rolls. (laughs) There are meninos, That's your Portuguese word for children. You learn one Portuguese word per Sunday. We have to pray for the Meninush because they're sad, and we have to ask Jesus to make them happy. And so we held hands, and we started praying, and then I said, eventually, I said, amen. And she, it was such a touching moment. She held her hands tighter, and she said, Mom, you're not finished. You have to pray for the Meninush more. And it was beautiful, and we prayed in the most simple way that we could for the difficulty and the utter pain that so many people are going through right now and then after we prayed we um as we always do we always ask jd do you want mommy or daddy to sit and she has a strong preference for her daddy um and so daddy sits there on the floor and jd is in bed and lights go off and jade falls asleep you see there is something about her dad's presence that brings her security there is something about her dad being in the room he doesn't have to talk in fact she'll tell him not to talk (laughs) he doesn't have to talk he doesn't have to sing he doesn't have to tell her stories he just has to be in the room and this imagery was so strong to me because there's something about his presence that is enough for her to know I can rest now I can switch off now I can go to sleep now and in the same way the presence of God the presence of the Almighty Father is enough for us to have rest is enough for us to sleep is enough for us to be free of anxiety to be free of worry to be free of of, of this anxiety that can take our breath away the presence of our Father makes peace possible no matter the darkness no matter the difficulty no matter the circumstance i can have rest i can be secure because of the presence of the father and it's not just anyone it's the presence of the one who loves us It's the presence of the one who has given his life for us. It's the presence of the one that we can trust. The one that is not man that he should lie. The one who has authority over heaven and earth. Over every visible and invisible thing. The one who was the word in the beginning. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The one who in him all things were created. It's his presence. The presence that was there with Adam and Eve. The presence that was in the fire and in the cloud. The presence that was in the tabernacle. The presence that was in the temple. The presence that came in human form and walked among us, giving his life for us. The presence that is in the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. It's that presence. And because of his presence, peace is possible. And that's the title of my message today. And I'm going to say it over and over again. Peace Is possible because of the presence of our almighty God. We're going to turn to Psalm 46, verse 1 through 3. It says, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. How beautiful it is. How incredible it is that the word of God never ceases to be relevant. This psalm was written thousands of years ago. And in the context where the kingdom of Assyria had just tried to overthrow the city of Jerusalem, they had just gone through a very violent situation, through a very scary near-death situation. And thousands of years later, our God is still our refuge. Our God is still our ever-present help. Our God is still Emmanuel, God with us. Peace is possible. We can find rest in the presence of our Father. See, I wonder how many of us sleep less than Jesus. I know this is a Maybe a funny question. I wonder how many of us rest less than Jesus. And it's a funny question because I know that in Psalm 121, we read God does not slumber nor, nor sleep. And yes, in the sense that God is never unaware of our situations. God doesn't for a minute look away from what's happening in your life. God is perfectly and passionately caring about every detail of your life. God does not slumber nor sleep in that sense. That is until... God becomes human for our sake. And then we know in all four Gospels, which are just accounts of his life, we know that Jesus did sleep. In fact, Jesus slept really well. If we go to Mark chapter 4, we see him sleeping in the middle of a storm. Now, I've preached about this before, and I've, uh, I've spoken about this story before, but I'm going to speak about it again a little bit today. Jesus is sleeping in the middle of a storm. Talk about somebody who can sleep well, who does not suffer of insomnia. (laughs) Jesus was sleeping not only in the middle of a storm, but Jesus had fallen asleep in a context where political and religious leaders were making plans to kill him. Jesus fell asleep in the context where he had just spent days surrounded by thousands of people with needs that were urgent. They were terrifying. They were situations that that Jesus' compassion went out to them, and yet Jesus fell asleep. Now, this tells me something about the peace in his soul and the trust in his Father, that in the middle of this circumstance, when everyone around him was fearful, Jesus would know that peace is still possible. Let's pause there for a minute. Isn't it interesting that God made us to spend a third of our lives like this, sleeping. I was thinking about that this week. You know, people like you and I who are so busy, who are always trying to produce, who are always putting out fires, who some are presidents and some are farmers, that all of us, that God would create us to spend a third of our lives inactive basically unconscious, dependent, exposed. It's a daily reminder of our frailty and of our limitations. Sleep is telling us something profound and it does so every single night. And other times if you're one of those weird people that can nap on demand. Sleep invites us to an exercise of faith. When we lie down, when we close our eyes and give ourselves over to sleep, we make ourselves vulnerable. Like Saul before David. Like Samson before Delilah. Jesus not only trusted his disciples in this story, and if you don't know this story, I'm talking about Mark chapter 4, where Jesus is with his disciples, and he says, let's cross the Sea of Galilee, let's go to the other side, and so they all get into this boat, and next thing, a storm breaks out, and Jesus is sleeping, and the disciples are very scared, that's the gist of it. Jesus not only trusted his disciples to fall asleep in their presence, but he also entrusted himself to his faithful father to care for him and to meet every essential need. Psalm 4 verse 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. David Mathis, he's a pastor of Cities Church, and he says about sleep... He says that sleep gives us the chance to recognize the glorious constraints of our creatureliness. In other words, God is the creator, and we're reminded of that every day. God is the creator, and we are his creation. It gives us the chance to embrace the limits of our humanity and own the humility of coming to the end of ourselves every day, laying down, closing our eyes, and leaving not just the whole world, but also our own worlds to him. And so my question, my first question this morning is, how well have you been resting lately? Not just in getting enough physical sleep every night, although that is so important, But in the midst of your troubles, where anxiety and fear could take over, have you chosen to rest in the confidence that God is sovereign, that God is still in control, that God, in fact, does have authority over every area of your life, that God is able, and that because of his presence, you can have peace. How rested do you feel? And maybe you are not. In a situation like so many are in the Ukraine and other areas of the world. But in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of your challenges, how rested do you feel? so if we go back to mark chapter 4 the bible says that the disciples were in a panic now a lot of them were fishermen and it wasn't uncommon for a storm to break out in the sea of galilee and so for for them to be really scared for them to be in a panic it tells us something about that storm i mean by now water was coming into the boat and they're probably with buckets trying to empty the boat out they're trying to do whatever they can i'm not a fisherman i've barely ever been on boats so i don't know how you what you do in this situation but they would know and they're doing everything they can to survive at this point point. and finally the disciples they they wake Jesus up see in the middle of their distress you and I would think and they would think that Jesus would get up himself I mean wake up in the middle of a storm and do something about their situation he's in their boat but he's not really being helpful and maybe you relate When God is present and yet he doesn't seem to be moving. You know he exists. You know his presence is in your life. But he doesn't seem to be an active participant of your life. And so the disciples, they wake Jesus up. And now they're not just fearful. They're upset. They're angry. And we read in verse 38, they say, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? In other words, if Jesus is in the boat, but the storm is still raging, then what good is he to me anyway? And it's a pretty serious thing to say to the son of God. And we do it all the time. If Jesus, if if you're not going to heal me, if you're not going to heal my loved one, if you're not going to give me this job, if you're not going to provide for me, if you're not going to show up, then what good are you in my life? If you're not going to end this war, if you're not going to stop the suffering, if you're not going to do something about people's pain, then what good are you anyway? And if it's any comfort, the disciples were not the first or the last group of people to talk to Jesus this way. We read in Psalm 88 verse 18, a man named Heman the Ezraite, he prays this prayer. He says says to God, you have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. He says to God, God who we read in chapter in, in, in the gospel of John, we read that God is love. And this man says to God, God is love? darkness is my closest friend and then we read David King David who so many psalms you know we read of David lamenting and and saying of how awful things are and how how deep his distress is but usually the psalms they end in a hopeful way usually at least he turns it around at the end and he says but yet I will trust in the Lord but yet I will give thanks to the Lord not this time Psalm 39, verse 13, he ends his prayer, and David says, Look away from me, that I may enjoy life again before I depart and am no more. This is what he tells God. He says, Just look away from me. Just give me a break. Just go go worry about somebody else's life, and let me have a little bit of joy before I die. And about these verses, Derek Kidner, he writes... The very presence of these prayers in scriptures is a witness to God's understanding. God knows how men speak when they are desperate. And it's so comforting to me that God intentionally places these prayers and these scriptures in his word god he breathed and he inspires his word that is his voice to his people and he could have easily said no i'm just gonna edit this prayer out <laughs> i'm just i'm not gonna include what the disciple, how the disciples spoke to me in that boat i'm not gonna include these prayers from damon from david and and this heman guy i'm not gonna include those because because people will read that and think it's okay to talk to me like that or or it's just i'm gonna I'm going to keep the parts where people are reverent and respectful. But yet the very fact that God intentionally places these prayers in the word of God. He places these very raw moments where man is in this tension between the experience that we live and the emotions and the troubles of this world and this tension between this experience and placing our faith in God. He intentionally places these moments, these raw moments of tension to tell us that he understands. To tell us that he's a God of grace. To tell us that He wants to hear from you, and he understands your pain. He understands even your despair. And so Jesus gets up, they wake him up, and from one moment to the next, the Bible says that he quiets the storm. Done. Quick. Over. And then he turns to his disciples in verse 40, and he says, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? You see, the point of this story is not that you shouldn't be concerned. Because concern is a natural part of life. Concern and fear is a natural part of life. It's how we're hardwired. My friend this week, everything was fine. Her, her oldest of three, he was in recess, and all of a sudden, a bigger kid falls right on top of him, falls on his back. And for a moment, he couldn't breathe. He couldn't move. They had to take him to the ambulance and, and take him to the hospital. And luckily, and, and thank God, everything was fine. But I'm sure she was afraid. Just thinking of it makes me afraid for my own daughters. Fear is a natural part of life to an extent the point is not for you the point of the story is not for you to just ignorantly sleep while chaos surrounds you the point is to know that his presence is enough to make peace possible even in the most adverse circumstance even when difficulty rises God is with me and that is more than enough for me to find rest for my soul Though the earth give way, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, because this verse is poetic, we tend to think, oh, it's it's, uh, not a big deal. No, he's saying, though the earth give way natural disasters though there's earthquakes and tsunamis though i lose my home though i may lose my family whatever happens the deepest of pain though it's waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging though you are struggling to find employment though you are struggling to have children though you don't know the direction of your life though your difficulties are like water roaring around you peace is possible peace the freedom of anxiety peace the freedom of depression, peace, the freedom of not knowing what to do and waking up in a way that you can't breathe because you're so worried. Peace is possible. We might be helpless, but we are never hopeless. We put our hope in the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We put our hope in the one who is in control of all things. In the one who is not man that he should lie and we cling to his promises. Fear not for I am with you. Joshua chapter 1. And then God says, call on me in prayer. And I will show you great and mysterious things that you do not know about. God wants to hear from you. God wants you to pour out your heart to him. Not as a last resort, but as a first thing. God, this is what's happening. I I don't know what to do, but this is what I feel, God. And I'm going to declare what you have promised. Prayer not only changes situations. But it changes our perspective and it brings peace back into our hearts as we commune with the god of peace isaiah 26 verse 3 you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you all whose thoughts are fixed on you it's an incredible thing to think about perfect peace even in times of war perfect peace now maybe you think well it's easy for you to talk about with whatever troubles you have going on in your life those people that are fleeing their homes right now those people that are waking up to the sound of gunshots and and bombs those people all over the world who don't have food to feed their children and, and and so many more drastic situations peace is possible perfect peace well, the good thing this morning is that I'm not saying this. This is the word of God. Perfect peace. Those who trust in the Lord, perfect peace. Though the earth give way, perfect peace. Here's the thing. Great faith and great trust can only come when you truly know Jesus. Jesus quiets the storm and the Bible says the men were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Now bear in mind, they had seen Jesus heal people. They had seen Jesus do all kinds of supernatural things and yet they are amazed what kind of man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. They were amazed because it turns out Jesus was so much more Than what they thought he was. He wasn't just a good teacher. He wasn't just a healer. He wasn't just a friend. He wasn't just a rabbi. Jesus was and he is the son of God. And all authority in heaven and on earth. Has been given to him. Today you have to ask yourself. Who is Jesus in your life? Do you truly know him? Do you know his promises over your life? Do you know and believe that he is truly sovereign? That he really does have all authority? See, if the presence of Jesus is not enough for us, if the presence of Jesus is not enough for you and I to have rest, then maybe like the disciples, we don't really know him. See, sometimes Reuben, he has to do something... um, at night he has to work or whatever he has to do and so when we can't convince JD to have me in the room then Reuben will initially sit there and then we'll sneakily switch places in the dark <laughs> so he can go but it doesn't take long for Jade to realize that her dad is no longer in the room because she knows his presence she knows his voice she knows his touch she knows her dad. And it is the intimacy of knowing who he is to her. This is the man who loves me. This is the man who protects me. This is the man who won't let anything bad happen to me. It is the intimacy of knowing who he is to her that gives her the security to rest. Do you know the God I'm speaking about? It doesn't matter if he's present if you don't know him means nothing to you do you know whose presence it is i'm talking about do you know that he loves you so passionately so relentlessly and do you know what he has done for you not just what he has done for the church but what he has done for you josh what he has done for you pedro What he has done for you, Jamil. Do you know him intimately, personally? Psalm 46, the same psalm we've been talking about today. It ends this way. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still And know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth the Lord Almighty is with us the God of Jacob is our fortress be still and know that I am God be still means quiet your soul quiet all the doubts quiet all the accusations quiet all the worry quiet all the preoccupation quiet the anxiety be still And know that He is God. Think of all that He has done and place your hope, place your trust in Him again. I was speaking to a friend the other day and she shared about how she was going through a season where things were out of her control. And I replied, Well, they've always been out of your control, it's an illusion. That we are in control when things are going well or when things are going according to our plan. Things have always been out of our control. Our God is so much greater. He is the author. He is the one who works all things together for the good of those who love him. And our trust has to be placed in the one who will never forsake, who will never disappoint those who put their trust in him. It's so easy to allow the worries of life to bring us down. The devil wants to rob you of your peace. It's the most precious thing that we can have. The devil wants to rob you of your peace, and he does it by lying to you, saying, God doesn't really care. That Jesus that he's, that's sleeping in the boat, he doesn't care about you. He does it by lying to you, saying God isn't really who he says he is. But just as Jesus did in the desert, whenever the devil comes at you with a lie, you respond with the word of God. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. This verse was powerful for me this week. I don't know I don't have answers I'm tired of so many things I watch that's the thing about the world these days you can watch vividly I mean you switch off if you want to but you can watch vividly people's pain in the other side of the world God I don't have answers God this is painful He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I ask the worship team to come up. We'll see how this works with Jade. Apologies for her dependency on Jamil. (laughs) But we're gonna come into his presence his presence that is already here but so many times we're just not aware of it you want to worship too all right his presence that comforts his presence that understands and we're just gonna be honest with him whatever you are going through whatever is has been heavy on your heart the decisions that you have been having to make in your life that have been, have been weighing on you. The people in your life that you are concerned about. The, the finances that aren't adding up. The job that isn't quite as fulfilling. Whatever it is, we're going to come to him. And we're going to find rest in him. In his presence, peace is possible. And my prayer is that if you came into this place today tired, tired, or just without answers my prayer is that we will leave filled with confidence not in ourselves not in human solutions not in in answers that we can provide but full of confidence because we placed our trust in one that is greater and that can do exceedingly abundantly more than we can imagine he can open doors in your life That just shouldn't open. He can move people and resources around according to his will for your life. But it takes a surrender. Coming to his presence and finding rest, it takes an act of surrender. You have to let it go. You have to let go of your will. You have to let go of your plans. You have to let go of even your dreams trusting that God can do exceedingly abundantly more according to his will for his glory. Let's worship this morning.